0: You're going to be the type of person that they're all going, stay away from that one. But see, everything in life must have a foundation. Everything. I don't care what's going on. Well, if we make Jesus our foundation, which is the Word, then everything that, everything that goes on in our life, every decision that goes on in our life, every situation that goes on in our life, if you go back to this right here. I'm listening. You ever, you ever Anybody watching any baseball games? Cardinal baseball games. And on the back stop, the, the back wall, it says he has us. He gets us. Yeah. he gets us. I'm reading a small book that's by that group of people. And it's amazing how different Jesus really is <laughs> than how we live. One of the chapters they had was on was he ever stressed. Duh. So it walks through all the different things that he is in this book, but one of them was in the area of not not taking offense. And everybody in here takes offense at times, but we've got to recognize Jesus never took any offense. Think about the things that he went through. Think about the things that he knew was coming, but yet had to make the decision to keep his mouth shut. Think about the... the the situation and circumstance, the beatings and the whippings and all, but he never ever took offense. Well, we live in a we live in a life where we're so we're so bad at operating through our mind and our will and our emotions in the area of well, they got it coming. And I can be mad at them if I want to. No, you can't. Not if you understand what it does to you. And you've got to recognize that that John brought it up a while ago. Proverbs four 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now, my main goal today is to let you know that Satan is nonstop, and his demons are nonstop talking to you. They're nonstop trying to stop you from being here. They're nonstop trying to make you. You live in a home where there's no peace. They're nonstop saying you're not good enough. They're nonstop cutting you down. They're nonstop criticizing. They're nonstop getting you to a place where you take offense at something other people don't do like you do. It's, it's a nonstop situation. And I want to get into it a little bit after a while. But I recognize as I was preparing for this that when you take offense to anybody, what you're, you're, you're deceived in what you're doing because you think you're in control. And if you took offense, that's because it wasn't your way. Am I not right? Or someone hurts you, that's still not your way. So if you're a control freak here, you're probably walking in a lot of unforgiveness and not even know it. You're probably at a place in your life where you think, well, it's got to be my way. No. Where does it say in the Bible? Somebody show me where it says that when you get born again, everything's going to be fantastic. Now, life is fantastic if you choose to go that route. But it says in the Bible that in this world you will have, case closed, tribulation. But it's how we walk through it. And it's, it's recognizing who's behind everything that's going on. And if you're one that listens to your mind and your will and your emotions, if you're one that follows how you feel when you wake up, if you're one that, that lives in that arena, you're going to be one that's, that's the enemy is just going to chew you up. See, the, the enemy, the enemy the enemy wants to trip us up and get us to fall into an offense, either something about us, or what's even worse is to carry an offense for somebody else. In other words, somebody gets hurt, so they come and tell you. Has anybody had that done? And you never see the person that they talked about ever the same again. That's unforgiveness. See, we've got to come to the place of recognizing he is after us all the time. But the foundation I'm talking about is Christ. But in that Christian walk that we have, in that that arena that we pursue in that arena that we learn about, in that arena that we come to church and learn about, in that arena we, we want to live, we really want to really be a better Christian, everybody here does. But we fall into the trap of what the enemy's doing. And we get to that place where he, he pulls us and he tugs on us. And he's always, but, but we're Christians and our foundation should be what it is. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to his riches and his grace. It's not about you and I. Life is not about you and I. He's got you here for other people. He's got you here for the ones that you really don't like to be around sometimes. He's got you here to handle every situation and every circumstance like Christ dealt with them. And that's not taking offense. Ephesians 4.32 says, it says, just a minute and I'll read what it says. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just just as God is Christ also has forgiven you. So it's, It's what we're supposed to be doing. If he forgot you, forgot you, if he forgave you, then you've got to forgive every situation, every circumstance that goes on in your life. Everybody here has things that don't go the way they want to go. Everybody here has desires and needs that they want to be met that don't get to be met. Everyone here has things that go on that you wish, why did that happen to me? You know, why am I battling when I'm battling? Why did Jim have to go through Backstridge? The, I could go around the room. Everybody here, why, why, why? What difference does it make? I had a person ask me down at the hospital today, what do you think about this, getting this? And I went, what? I didn't know what he was talking about. Well, aren't you, you're in a cancer center. Don't you have cancer? I said, well, they say I do, but I don't think I do. Well, what do you mean? I said, I don't want to think on that. I said, I can't fix it. I just live with what I've got, live with what takes, I hope that this radiation takes care of it, but if it don't, it don't. And he looks at me like, really? I said, my hope's not in this. It, it can't be. For an example, I got there this morning, and I come into the room. You ha- when What I'm doing, I have to have a full bladder. Anybody understand what that means? You have to go to the bathroom, but you can't. And I walked in the waiting room, and there was a whole bunch of people. I went, and they said, they're 40 minutes behind. I'm going, oh, this is great. <laughs> so that's what got the subject going, and... Got my mind off of this altogether, and I got my mind on witnessing to about oh seven or eight people in there, without witnessing, because I don't like to do it that way. I just, I finally said, my hope is not in this place, my hope is not in this doctor, my hope is not in that stupid machine that broke down. My hope's in Jesus Christ. And I, you, you, you find out real quick who's tuned in and who's not. That's right. oh, yeah. yes, you do. It was amazing, you know. We're in the Bible Belt, and there's more people here saved than there are in most places. And, oh, I'd say four out of the seven. Yes, that's right. That's where my hope is at, too. And So where's our hope? See, I could, I could bellyache, and I could complain, and I could gripe, and I could grumble, and I could let my mind get over this, and I could... And, and there's times it does. We're all there. But fact is, we've got to recognize I can't go by the outside stimulus. I've got to go by the inside stimulus. I've got to see the situation and know it's there, but I can't let it decide what I'm going to think and what I'm going to think about and where I'm, where I'm going to go because that's what the enemy does. It, it goes on all the time. I got, the definition for forgiveness is to pardon, to pardon, to drop an offense or debt, to overlook or treat the offender as not guilty. That's hard to do sometimes when you really get burnt. That's hard to do sometimes when you hear things you don't want to hear. That's hard to do sometimes. Can you imagine what's going on in Israel right now, where their minds are at with all this taking place? Why is this happening to us? We're supposed to be the chosen nation. Why is this going on? Why is that going on? They've got to take that, which, which is an offense to them. That's why I'm bringing this up in this pattern. It's not always somebody gets you. It's just when things don't go your way. Because, see, we think we're in control. We're not in control. That's my point tonight that I want to get across. We're not in control. We just have to live in a forgiving attitude, and like John brought up, which is funny that he did, we've got to live in a thankful attitude about everything that's going on in our life, no matter what it is. We've got we've, we've to choose to live from the inside out and let, let God move everything that, that takes care of us. I want to read... I think they'll have it up on the board, but I want to read Luke 15, 11 through 30. Most of you know this, this situation. This is the prodigal son, but I want to read through this. It's going to take me a little while. Bear with me, but then I'm going to back up and walk through this. We know that Jesus is talking, and then he said to the people, he said, A certain man, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me my... I love it how he said, Dad, give me what you owe me. Give me a break. But we better move on here. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with wasteful living or prodigal living. But when he had spent all... When he had spent all, all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Didn't have, broke, spent it all, was broke. Then he went and joined himself to the citizens of the country, and he sent, they sent him into his fields to feed the swine. Now remember, this is a Jewish man. They do not touch pork. He'd got so down in his life that he was feeding. The things that they detest. He was feeding a pig. It goes on and said, And he would be glad he says, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. So he was busted. Then he finally comes to his senses, and it says, But when he came to himself and said, How many of my father's hard servants have bread enough to sp- To spare and I perish with hunger I will rise and go to my father and I will say to him father I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son it's interesting in this he recognized his mistake but then at the same time he was cutting himself down because he didn't know who he really was listening to the enemy the enemy uses every tactic he can to pull you down. Then it goes on and says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father's. To his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in and, and, and your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out his best robe and put it on him and put, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Interesting thing here, a good picture of grace. We daily do things that we should not be doing. We daily think of things we maybe should not be thinking, but God loves us so much that He runs to us with grace and forgives us all of the time. That's that's why it's so vitally important to recognize when you get hurt and when you get burnt that you've got to walk in forgiveness and you've got to recognize it's not about you. Then it goes on it says, Now his older son was in the field, obviously he was working, and he came and drew near the house and heard the music and the dancing. Could you imagine? What's going on? So he said to his servants, so he, so he called his servants and asked him, what do these things mean? What's going on, basically? And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. He immediately took offense. Not knowing the situation, not knowing the circumstance, only what he heard. And only handle it through his emotions, and why it goes on and it says why. But he was angry and would not go in. therefore his father came out, Grace, and pleaded with him. So he answered he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandments and any time and and at any time, and yet you never gave me a wrong you never gave me a young goat that I might marry and be friends. In other words, All as good as I've been to you, I've done everything you told me, and you never ever did anything special for me. Offense, offense. Then it goes on and says, But as soon as as soon as this son, as soon as this son of yours, not my brother, as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. In other words, you had a party for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was, it, it was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now, we understand the story on that, the, the picture of grace, but we always we always look at the wrong side of that. The side that we need to look at is the side I'm talking about is, Look what he did he immediately he immediately turned and recognized that he was out of control and what he wanted wasn't happening and I'm mad at you dad because oh really who's in charge here really what happened to what happened to the authority of the family when the offense comes in it doesn't make any difference it's an interesting thing Well, how do we recognize in our own life? That's where I want to go for just a little while here tonight. What are the signs if you're there? What do you look at? Well, verse 29, verse 29 says, So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years have I been serving you. Number one, he starts looking at himself. Are you looking at yourself at times when you get offended? Well, yeah, you are, or you wouldn't have got offended. And I've said it around here a million times. If you're mad at somebody, it's only because you're not getting your way. Yeah, you're right. what you, you say, well, you don't know how my husband is. You don't know how my wife is. It doesn't make any difference. If you're mad, it's because you're not getting your way. If they're not like you want them to be, then you're, not, you're, you're just going to show them. I'm amazed sometimes how people say, I haven't talked to my wife for a week. I haven't talked to my friend for a week. I haven't talked... Well, you're not in charge. And you're just upset because you didn't get your way. Well, they hurt me. What's that got to do with it? You're going to get hurt all the time. Pretty soon you're not going to have anybody you get to talk to. So you have to just immediately go to the inside and allow the Spirit of God who's speaking to you all the time tell you, no, you just forgive and go on. Let it go. Forgive. Now, you don't have to be around that person and take the abuse. Nobody said that but you just don't allow it to eat you up. And I'm not going to get into it tonight on what it does to you, but we all know that has been through life. You're the one that suffers when you carry unforgiveness. You're the one that's, you're the one that's it's always on your mind. I'm amazed. Back before I got a, a revelation on this, I would be mad at somebody, and then finally it would come out they didn't even know I was mad. They were just going on with their life. And I was the one that was in stew. I was the one that thought about it. I was the one that was carrying it. I was the one that was losing sleep. I was the one that was suffering from it. That's what the enemy wants to do to us every day of our life. But we have got to recognize—I've got it wrote down. Let me write it down. I'll give you unforgiveness is a deception that you are in control. <laughs> We're not in control. He's in control. Nothing gets to you or I, nothing gets to us unless it goes through him first. You say, well, why did he allow it? He, allow, he didn't do it, but he has to allow things in our lives just to bring us to where we're supposed to be sometimes. I feel like it, when you study the Scriptures, tribulation that's going to be taking place is to bring the Jewish people to recognize you, you're not going to make it without me. The church is going to be gone, and they're going to see that. And they're going to recognize what is going on. Folks, I don't know if you're paying attention to what's going on in Israel. We may be out here for the night's over. I mean, it's that, it's that, we're getting that close. This could explode into a world war overnight. If silly, if silly Iran sends one big missile, things will go crazy. But I believe in my heart, when that starts, will be gone. But look where it's all because they don't like the Jewish people. Well, where'd that come from? They think they're in control. Where'd that come from? They're in unforgiveness. Folks, anything that goes bad in your life is life. And you just have to be at the place of, okay, God, you've got this. And I can't get through this without you. I'm going on. And that's what you do. But if you take offense over what somebody said, what somebody done, then you're trying to be in control of your destiny, and you are not in control of your destiny. We can look around at the, the people that have, that are, that are, have, are, Carl, for example. Who would have thought three years ago that Carl would have been gone? We're not in charge of it. You say, well, well, you know, well, why, is, why is this happening on the earth and this ha Because we're in a cursed world. Because probably most of us that are sitting right here are eating un- or eating processed food that's killing us. Eating sugar that's killing us. I'm as guilty as the next one. I, I laugh and Donna will call and she'll say, she'll say, what are you doing? I'll say, I'm having breakfast with Jimmy Dean. Well, you know, it's processed breakfast. I don't eat it all the time but I eat it. But, but then you say, well, well, why are you sick, and why this going on to you? Because we're in a cursed world, That's right. and things happen. But yet God still has me, and God can heal me, and God can take care of it. And I've seen it happen more than, I've seen it multiple times I've seen it happen. But God's still in charge. But we can't, we can't, we can't recognize, I mean, the, this man was not in charge. He was working in the field for his dad. He had everything, he had everything that his dad had. He was, he was already blessed, and his, his dad even said to him, Son, you've always had everything of mine. You've always had it all. Why are you mad? He's mad because he didn't get the party. So silly. But it's an example for us on how we've got to walk through life and recognize we can't allow that to take us. It goes on, and you know, something you might recognize. If in your conversation, I, the word I is in it a lot, you're thinking about I too much. And you'll get an offense, I guarantee you. In that same one, you're, you're, he's boasting. Listen to what it says. So he answered, "Lo, those many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandments, and at any time, and yet you never give me a young goat." Complaining and bragging on how he was. I was the best. Me and my brother. I'm the one that worked. Me and my brother. I'm the one that always did. Your brother was always a my brother was always a hassle to you early on he wants the money he's going to get later on he wants it he's a, he's a pain in the butt da, 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 da. That, that's what goes on that's what that's where gossip comes from by the way cuz things aren't going like you want it or things are going and you want you want to be a little higher up than the person that it's happening to so you tell the gossip you give the gossip so you look a little better even though you're the worst one of the bunch it it's all comes back to following and recognizing you are not in control. Did you hear me? Another one you can look into. Unforgiveness, unforgiveness alienates and divides and separates. Always. Always. Look what it does in families. Look at the families that that people don't even talk in their families. Look at the families where, where they've splintered and they went their way and nobody's talking. And right here it says the other brother said to his the other I got it wrote down, the older brother said, this brother of yours And then unwilling to even go in the house and, and visit. Separation, separation, separation. Some of you are looking at me like I don't live that way. Everybody here has to deal with unforgiveness. Everybody here has to deal with and that's our foundation. You remove forgiveness from what Christ did, we're done. I mean Grace is such an amazing thing to recognize that I mess up a lot, but it's already been covered by the blood of Jesus. So when someone messes up that I think a mess up, that I think it's a mess up, I have got to recognize, wait a minute, he forgave me for all my junk, past, present, and future. Why can't I forgive them and just let it go and not even go there, not talk about it, just... Let it go. We've got to come to a place of recognizing. You know, these two here are going to be getting married next October. Let me tell you something right now. You will never change him. You will never change her. You will, yeah, you, 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 there'll be things coming up. I wish, I wish, I wish. You have to give it to God. Or Or it'll fester and you won't make it. little marriage counseling for all of us. I mean, we've got to recognize, He's the one that changes me, nobody else. That's like all these people in Israel, this Hamas and all this bunch. You say, well, what the, what's going to happen? Only Christ can change them. We can't change them. Wars is not going to change them. Nothing's going to change them. Nothing's going to change Jane. Nothing's going to change Ivan, except Christ. He's, he's the one. But, but when somebody else offends you or somebody else hurts you and you don't like what they're doing and, or you talk about them, then what you're saying is, I'm God and I'm really in control and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change them. I'm going to quit talking to them. I'm going to be mad at them. I'm going to talk about them so they'll change. We, we, had a, we had an incident in the fellowship hall last Wednesday. We had six or eight ceiling tile knocked out. We had three lights busted. The kids were kicking the balls up, and then it got to be a, a game, I guess. I, I was a little f- fried over it. But I can't fix it. It's already done. But I can control it. I took all the balls out, and the kids didn't know what to do, in there. they were all just sitting around but they weren't kicking the balls. And I, so I, I, I said to Eddie who was watching, I said, if anybody asks where the balls are at, just, tell them, just let me know who did it and we'll settle this situation right now and just let God take care of it. I didn't hear nothing yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> Why would I want to lose sleep? You know, I've been here 32 years. That kind of stuff has never happened. I mean, we've had accidents, but to, to, for somebody out there the kids, and it was the kids. It wasn't you guys. You know, got to be a game. Let's see if we can knock another one out. They weren't thinking. They weren't following. It could have set me up to take offense. I don't know. Even if I meet the kid, and he comes up and said, "I did it." Nah, 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 nah. There's no sense getting mad because I can't. Cha- I can't fix them. I can't change them. I can just love them. And forgive them. Now, you can't be out there for a while or something like that to correct them. That's all part of it. But to get, you all follow what I'm saying? But to get, I think sometimes we've raised our kids wrong. I think, we, we, you know, clean your room up. Or you didn't clean your room up, you're not getting this. You didn't do this, so you're not doing that. You messed up, so you don't get this. Well, that's law. What about explain to them what they're doing and just watch God do the work in it? I wish I'd have had more of that. Christ is here. And he's the one that's going to change us. He's the one that's going to take care of us. And when we start seeing these things in us, we recognize it. In Luke 15, 28, we think in being in control that we're punishing them. It's not going to work. What's it say in 28? 28 says, but he was angry and would not go in. I'll show you I'm not coming in. See, if we see... If we see ourselves doing that, then we've got to recognize, wait a minute, we are stepping into that arena of taking offense, we're stepping into that arena uh, of being, we think we're in control, well, it's not going to work. And That's my point all night, it's not going to work, it will not work. Unforgiveness, unforgiveness accuses, exposes, and contains, and continues to bring up the offense. It's amazing how when we get mad at somebody, and I've caught myself more than once, we get mad at somebody, then we've got to find somebody to tell about and somebody to talk to about it and somebody to share our side of the story, and then you get these little clicks. and then That's that's what causes division in churches. Not knowing the whole story on anything, but yet they've got their story and they've got their gossip, and they took offense is what they did. They think they're in control, so they're going to get a group that agrees with him. Yeah, if it's that way, I don't blame you. Da, 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 da. You say, well, this is, this, is, this, is, this is simple. No, it's not. We're not doing it. Some of you are looking at me like, well, this is no big deal. It is a big deal. It's what divides families. It's what divides churches. It's, it's why you've got a first Baptist, a second Baptist, a third Baptist. A That's why we didn't vote on the carpet here. We just, as, a, as, a, as a, the elders, we just picked it. In some churches, you vote for what color the carpet's going to be, and then everybody gets mad, and then the church divides, and they sit over here, and they sit over here. That's all offenses. That's all, I'm in control, and I want. I'm in control, and I want. I'm in control in my family, in my marriage. I'm in control, and you're going to do it my way or else. It, it does not work that way. We're supposed to be giving 100%. Another marriage thing. It's not 50-50. This is a year out. It's 100%, 100%, or it won't work, or you'll cause offenses. They'll, they'll, you'll, you'll, you feel like, well, they don't really care. They, 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 and you can't let the enemy go there. You've got to let this, this one take care of it. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to move in your heart. You've got to allow him to, to come in and take care of it. Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23 says, out of the heart comes the issues of life. Well, if I take offense, then that's where my heart's at. If I'm aggravated and mad, then that's where my heart's at, and I'm not in control. We're not in control. He is our cornerstone, and that forgiveness is part of that cornerstone. He is the one that's taking care of us. Do we see ourselves comparing and looking at self? Do we see people, are we judging? Are we, well, they shouldn't be doing that, and they shouldn't be doing that. That's all part of what I'm talking about. See, bottom line tonight, and I'm going to quit because I'm, I just don't feel very well. Bottom line tonight is, listen, we are not in control of our lives. I could have just said it. I could, I could have quit tonight. But we've got to recognize the things that causes us to go that way. We listen to our mind. We listen to our emotions. Uh, we, we take offense. We can't. We've got to allow these things just to go off of us and, and be, be gone. Is, our, is that that goes on in our life, is, is, it, is it conversation a lot in, in things you talk about? Are we becoming a judge? Are we coming, becoming critical? Are we dividing or choosing sides? Is it always coming up in our thoughts, in our, in our mind? If it is, you're carrying it. If it is, you, you need to get rid of it. If it is, you need to talk it out. If it is, you need to get rid of it. You need to let it go. Bottom line... Uh, I love the scripture, and I can't think where it's at now. But it literally says, in the right translation, it literally says, "Let it go, drop it, and leave it alone. Just let it go." I've got a little thing that I think, I think. Trinity, you didn't make it. Your your sister, I and I, Adonai. and I made me a little block of wood that says "Let it go" on there. I still got it on my desk. So important, folks. If anything, you got anything tonight? Don't take offense. Don't think you're in control. Life is tough. We just go on. We just enjoy every day the best we can. And we recognize we are not in control. He is. And when things aren't going the way we want, we just turn to him and say, Lord, you've got this. I can't make it through it. I'm not even going to try. You've got to take care of it. I've, I've let I've let this thing I'm going through bug me. Just, just the fact that I cannot. I mean, I, I'm occasionally can. I cannot fill my bladder up and keep it full long enough to get done what they've got to get done. and That's bugging me, but I can't carry that. I've got to go. You're in charge. You've been through it. That's crazy. (laughs) It's like, you want me to do what? You want me to drink 32 ounces of water one hour before I get there, which means before I leave the house, and I'm going to drive with the full bladder, and then go in and you're 40 minutes late. I mean, you think about You say, well, that's, that's nothing. Try it. As a matter of fact, I even thought about saying to the nurse, have you tried this? You'll have a little more heart for the people that go through it. But, but it's still, it's simple, silly as this is, it's still God's. And it can drive a person nuts if you allow it to drive him nuts. It's just one of the things the enemy tries to use to pull you down a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. It's kind of like chopping the tree down. The first time you hit it, it's not coming down. You just keep whacking at it. Eventually it falls. And that's what the enemy's doing in all of our lives. He doesn't like any of you. Just want to let you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And you say, well, where's he at? He's in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And he's got those inroads that he talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. God's good, folks. Let him have this. Father, we, just, we lift up the night. Lift up all that's going on around about the building. Uh, we thank you, Father, that... Ultimately, we've got to get that revelation that you are in control of every situation, every circumstance that's going on in our lives. We give everything to you, Father, and we thank you for our Father. We give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You've got about eight minutes to visit if you want to. Boom, there goes the lights. You know that that you just said there? That the first